1: Welcome to Razorwolf. I'm Damien Gibson, and joining me is the Enigma, the mystery. It's Matthew. Hello. And um, <laughs> that was very like BBC kids show from the nineties, like Postman Pat. Hello.
0: I'm trying to work on my voice.
1: Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. What are we doing? What is, What is this third podcast, you may ask? Well, you probably already know because it would be in the title. But uh, we have decided that we're going to go back and watch Nitro, WCW's Nitro, um, from episode one, which is what this is, and um, watch it weekly and just sort of revel in how amazing a roster it was and how weird... Before... I I won't talk the whole time, Matt. I will let you speak. But I just the one thing I did notice watching this episode is sort of how it feels like how on the fly all of the booking and storylines are. Um, it genuinely feels like anything can happen, and and if that's been planned down to the letter, then the creative of WCW were amazing. But we. I I know from stories that that's not the case, and so watching this, <laughs> watching this, um, I just love. I just like. I know we'll get into the episode and we'll go through it beat for beat. But it reminded me of how much I love WCW, and how much I love eighties slash nineties question mark wrestling. Well, I think this is for all
0: intents and purposes still an eighties wrestling show at this stage. <laughs>
1: This episode is a hundred percent. It like it's uh, it takes place at the the Mall of America, which at the time was the largest shopping center on Earth, um, and it looks like it. Although it looks, it looks cool, like I think like having
0: wrestling shows in different places is cool.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Although it does kind of look like this was done in the food court.
0: Well, this was obviously done for the wrong reason, as I'm sure we will get to a, a little bit later. In, <laughs> at, at length, I imagine we will get to the real reason why they're filmed live from the Mall of America.
1: Well, yes, there may be some payola going on with uh, some of the guys on, on the um, <laughs> on the roster, which I feel like will be a recurring storyline <laughs> uh, when it comes to, to um, uh, EZE, Eric Bischoff. And, uh, and the Hulk. Um, I did a little bit of research and there was a dark match um, before the actual episode where the American Males, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, which was his full name at that time, and Scotty Riggs defeated the bunkhouse, uh, bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater with Colonel Robert Parker remember the Colonel?
0: I'm glad that was a dark match. I think we're going to get a bit more of the Colonel a bit later on, but I'm glad that was a dark match.
1: Yeah, I'd completely forgotten the Colonel existed. He was uh, Honky Tonk Man's manager, right?
0: Yeah, and uh, I believe the manager of Harlem Heat for a period of time.
1: Oh, yeah. Right. I'm (laughs) I'm so excited to get into this. Um we started with being introduced to our uh, our commentators, who were Eric Bischoff, and he will be the main commentator, the main commentator for a while. Um, Bobby the Brain Heen, but the part that I was most excited about was Steve Mongo McMichael, uh, which I completely forgotten about that he was on commentary. Uh, we'll have to see what happens next week, but <laughs> it it was, was not commentator for a long time.
0: Yeah, uh, it was not promising. I, uh, his uh, I thought Eric Bischoff was surprisingly quite competent. Uh, he was really
1: good. Yeah. Like
0: Bobby the Brain was being Bobby the Brain, which is even at its oh, nice. worst, and like he, you know, clearly doesn't care very much. He he's still good. Uh, and Mongo has a chihuahua dressed as Satan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and hey, kept, kept like Bobby the Stain. Like, Bobby Hernia, which is not a Bobby Heenan. Like, it's not. Uh, no,
1: but it did make me laugh in how terrible a reach it was. What, a, what made me <laughs> laugh
0: was that Bobby Heenan responded by, oh, so we're doing name calling now. Which is <laughs>
1: reasonable. Uh, oh, man, I loved it. I loved the introduction. And there's so much. The thing that I did notice is how much colour is going on. Like... Maybe it's because we live in Melbourne and everyone is dressed in black and berets all the time, but there's so, like it, not just the wrestlers, like I know it's in a mall or a shopping centre depending on what part of the world that you live in, so there's a lot of sort of bright neon and stuff going on. But even just the audience are wearing like, you know, there's a lot of pastels and stuff going on, That you know, that sort of early 90s, mid-90s. Um, I'm trying to think of like a, a sitcom that represents it really well like (laughs) (laughs) step-by-step.
0: I I, I was thinking sort of married with children, but then I remembered that Yeah, married with children is a good example. But they sort of like wore plaids sometimes. Like it wasn't just, uh, you know, bright colours and, you know, track jackets and there was some real fashions going on.
1: This was like, this was the parallel to, you know, like the alternative culture that had sort of sprung up for the couple of years beforehand with grunge and all that kind of thing there was this it hadn't that hadn't reached the mainstream yet which we will see with nitro the, you know you start to see that infiltrate nitro like like with all good wrestling three or four years after it happened
0: mm. yes exactly
1: so, so at the moment we've still got a very sort of like um uh I'm completely uh, uh, I'm completely forgetting the name of the show with Michael J. Fox. Uh, what's that? Family it Ties. Family Ties. God damn, how do I forget Family Ties? It's got that vibe to it, you know, all American apple pie.
0: It absolutely does. Uh, uh, and the the American thing really does, like, the whole way through. Uh, there's a lot of USA chants. There's a lot of, like, big American, like, you know, it's not the reception that and Liger would get uh, in a few years, would be.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, we started off with... Um, now, I had no idea who was on this match. I, I had re- I remembered this was the match. W- when the episode started and I saw the Mall of America, I was like, oh, this is the Lex Luger thing. Yeah. That, that was the only thing that came into my head of like, oh, this is where Lex Luger shows back up from... Uh, WWF. And um, and I didn't remember anything else. So it was like watching the show again for the first time. And the first match was Flying Brian. What well, he's just billed as Flying Brian. Just flying. He doesn't Brian. even have Pillman, uh, which is weird. But anyway, we'll call him Brian Pillman because everyone knows him as <laughs> that. So it was Flying Brian Pillman uh, versus Jushin uh, Thunder Liger. What a match, man. Well, this like is what like- a
0: I think broadly, as the card goes, you could sort of say it's in sort of... Th- there's three matches and it sort of says three things. And, it, like, if this, if Jushin Liger and Brian Pillman were would, would to be the future building blocks of WCW, this is the first thing you see on Monday night, their big flagship show, is these two guys and they put on a show that... Like, they put on a match that could be on AEW or NXT now and be a good quality that, match. Yeah. Um, and you think, like... You know, WCW obviously didn't push them to the to the sky, um, but these two were so clearly had the potential to be stars.
1: Yeah, and it, it's uh, it's obviously a template that Eric Bischoff had had in his head because you kind of, when you look at this, I mean, it's a three-match show. It only goes for an hour. How beautiful is that?
0: Oh, it's man? so good. An
1: hour. <laughs> You know, is one of the it, – it, it feels like an oasis in a desert of five- and six-hour wrestling shows, you know, like oh yeah, well, I think an hour, it, like a TV show. Like, it goes for an hour.
0: What WCW have shown that you is that you can have great wrestling, ridiculous promos, unbelievably bad wrestling, and sort of confusing wrestling, and you can do it in 45 minutes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> It was going, like I've got to say, it does go at a fair clip. There is, and there's a lot happening and sort of overlapping, but I really feel like it works. Like I genuinely watching this, I enjoyed the show. Anyway, we should save that for the end, mm. shouldn't we? Um, Brian Pillman got the win, but not uh, not uh for want of, of what I thought was a, a really, really good match. And you got to, I mean, it's abundantly obvious watching this match that, Why Pillman would go on to have, um, you know, success in WWE before his untimely passing, um, and why Jushin is is such a huge deal in Japan up until this year. Um, I think he retired at Wrestle Kingdom this year. So, um, yeah, amazing match. And I, I think we're gonna to continue to see like get these moments where we're like, holy shit, the first match was Rey Mysterio versus Ultimo Dragon, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's it's gonna be that kind of uh that stuff. Now, next up w- for me is the highlight of the show and the reason why we're at the Mall of America is uh Eric Bischoff uh interviewing uh well the Hulkster, uh Hulk Hogan. Um, being mobbed Beatlemania style or hulkamania style if you will by a whole bunch of little hulkamaniacs no a a bunch of of little
0: pasta maniacs (laughs) pasta
1: maniacs (laughs) like kids love pasta um at the front of the pasta mania outlet um at the mall of america and before I let you get rip into this, because I know you probably have a whole bunch of things to say, I, I just it's so uninspiring. Like the actual, the actual outlet—it's like a little hole in the wall. You know what I mean? It's like one of those small McDonald's in like a in a food court that's you know designed to serve two people at once.
0: <laughs> it it is like so clearly uh, '90s dining. Um, It just couldn't be, it's, 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 I, I loved it so much. And uh, the fact that he keeps referring to uh, again and again, referring to the fans as pasta maniacs, which is (laughs) just awful. But also the fact that like, he's, he's, he's going to wrestle big Bubba Rogers later. And he's like, big Bubba, I'm going to get you a bowl of Hulkaroos and you're going to eat him. And then I'm going to punch you in the face. And it's like, (laughs) what? <laughs> it's like cuz it seems nice that you would uh you would do that to like you you would feed him and then you would uh punch him in the face for some reason and then he's like then he's like well I'm going to eat my Hulkaroos then I'm going to get ya <laughs> It's if if you look at the um if you, if you look at Pasta Mania which I have googled um it's it's referred to as a quick serve pasta restaurant and I know like already you're thinking look like when I think of Hulk Hogan, I think of quality food. When I think of Quick Serve Pasta Restaurant, mm-hmm. I know it's it's like the Hulksters favorite international pastas from around the world. <laughs> 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 Featuring mix and match create your own pasta platter.
1: Well, I actually have the I have the menu here in front of me. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and I, I was just wondering what you would choose out of these options. Um, now we, you've got your, the pastas are angel hair. So immediately like baby food, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) the first thing on the menu is like the pasta you give kids when they don't want to eat pasta and you call it angel hair shells, right? So we're not, (laughs) nothing's, nothing is, it's Italian name so far. We've got angel (laughs) hair, shells, nuggets, whatever the fuck that is. I hope that's not chicken nuggets. (laughs) I bet you it just, is. It's just nuggets and <laughs> <the> chicken pasta. <laughs> um, although I've just had a thought about what I might do for dinner tonight. And uh, <laughs> fettuccine and panay. The sauce is marinara, elf, uh, marinara, alfredo, pesto, white clam, garlic and oil. That, that's just pretty a garlic pretty garlic, and oil sauce. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, now, <laughs> With some nuggets uh, of pasta. <laughs> the international pastas are Swedish meatballs. Pasta Mexicana, turkey, turkey tetrazzini, and beef stroganoff, which is not a pasta. (laughs) That's not a pasta. (laughs) It's just not. Um, The main event specials are Hulk's Power Pasta. That's panay pasta, chicken, veggies, and your choice of sauce. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Chicken marinara and fettuccine primavera. Now, my favorite bit is for the little pasta maniacs and, and We saw plenty of them at the Mall of America in this episode. You can have a Hulkaronian cheese, a cheeseburger pasta, or Hulkaroos, which I assume is what he was going to have before he took on Big Bubba in the main event.
0: And can we be, like, 100% clear that Hulk Hogan never ate at Hulk Hogan's pasta (laughs) (laughs) mate? No,
1: no, no, no one. Maybe Big Bubba. Maybe Big Bubba went down to Hulk uh Pasta Mania and, and had a bowl. But I hope he did there's there's not many there's not many wrestlers. No wrestler now ever eats pasta.
0: Ever. Well do, do, do you know that the, the I, I've I've done a little bit of research while you were talking. I think the nuggets are like um little like pastas that are shaped like oh Hulk god. Hogan's. They are. Oh my it's god, they are. Unbelievable. There's like little bald
1: pastas. <laughs> That's amazing, and they're and they're posing. I Hulk just can't, can't pose even <laughs> at Pasta Mania.
0: <laughs> I just don't get the thought process of any human being who is like, I want to eat at at Hulk Hogan's restaurant. And also, isn't this the restaurant that he took the branding over instead of doing the George Foreman Grill?
1: Yes. Which yeah, is he just- chose this over the George Foreman grill, yeah?
0: And he made the right decision because now we're you know obviously we're all pasta maniacs, and what the fucks a George Foreman grill? <laughs> exactly, right? What a moron, um- <laughs> Foreman, you idiot!
1: <laughs> there, um, there's a flag store in the background as well. Uh, Alomano flags. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what that store is. If someone can get in contact with us on social media, maybe an American listener, and let us know what that was. Um, It has flags in the storefront. So I assume it's a flag store. I I don't know whether you can get your own flags made or...
0: I mean, look, I imagine our, our listeners are, like, thinking, well, Damien, if it's called flags and they've got flags in the window...
1: How do you keep? How do you keep a shop open? I mean, I suppose it is the largest mall in the world, so you've got to you got to fill the shops with something. But I don't. That to me that screams Leftorium. Ned Flanders <laughs> Leftorium, which as also a st- business venture. It stayed open for some time though. Yeah, yeah, but every time Homer there? went, every time Homer went in there, Ned was like, oh, "It's <laughs> not doing well."
0: Hopefully we um, have a listener in the area where Mall of America is who can go in and tell us if flags are still there and still going as strong as I imagine they uh, were at
1: this stage. Yeah, we would really appreciate If you were in Min- Minneapolis, easy for you to say, uh, or even just in Minnesota, you know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know how big Minnesota is. I was going to say, I'll pay for your petrol to get there, but then I don't want like a $700 American bill to come through. <laughs> Um, I look. If you were at the Mall of America, and I said, "Oh my God, dude, there's a pasta mania here." You're not gonna eat. You're not gonna come to the food hall of America and have pasta mania with me.
0: Well, I ate at um, I ate at Jerry Lawler's restaurant in Memphis, uh, which was a confusing decision, given the you know very <laughs> very very good places around there. Not to. Impugn upon Mr. Lawler's culinary, uh, but and it, look, it was a mistake, but I was happy I went there.
1: What, he just has like of-
0: blue, he has like blue tacked pictures of like wrestlers and like you know, it's like Rick Fla- old Rick Flair matches, old Memphis matches, just like playing in the background on, on old TVs. It's kind of ace,
1: yeah. That actually sounds all right. It sounds a bit like, um, uh, Jimmy Hart's. He's got like a a tiki bar, like a cocktail bar, but it's a similar sort of thing. Apparently, where it's just like all of his memorabilia and like just old eighties wrestling on the TV all the time. And supposedly, oh, Conrad what... Marshall is a big um, frequenter of the bar. I'm not sure where it is. You need to look that up. But
0: well, I know where I'm going on holiday next holiday.
1: I 100% would. Even like I, I, just feel sorry for whichever woman is stupid enough to to hook up with me long term. Because if we do go, on, if we do go on trips like this, especially to the states, every second day I'll be like, "Um, you know that Repo Man has a furniture <laughs> store." <laughs> Who's Repo Man? Who's Repo Man? Are you serious? How did what? How did I even marry you? You know, just dragging <laughs> this all over America. See, C, C grade wrestlers. What they do now. Um, next up. So after that, we cut to a, a promo of Sting saying that he can beat Ric Flair in the match coming up, and then immediately the the match was the next thing. It kind of like I was like, what? I, I don't. <laughs> they've they've got really forty five minutes. They've so got to get it out. But surely you put the Sting promo at the top of the show or something. It was just weird. Like, why even bother putting it in the program when the match was happening? Like, Sting was walking to the ring. <laughs> it was so weird. Um, so much color going on here, man. You've got Ricks um, wearing, like, a, a yellow and, and rose gold gown. Uh, Sting with bright pink uh, tights and and you know his little stinger. He's still in his little stinger stage.
0: I'm I'm going to be honest. I don't like Sting at this stage. I'm going to go mm. on to really really like Sting, like everyone else.
1: Yeah.
0: But I I don't I don't really care about Sting. Right? Like he's good in the like he is serviceable in the ring, but it's not you know he's he's not revolutionary and. uh yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm just, I I don't buy into the, I I don't enjoy the, like, weird, like, Crescent Moon America face paint, bright woo sting.
1: It's interesting, right? Because he's kind of like, he's kind of like Hulk Hogan. He's kind of like WCW's Hulk. Hey, he is nowhere near as, like, physically
0: orange as Hulk Hogan.
1: (laughs) <laughs> no. There's so many Hulkamaniacs in the audience for this, but we'll get to we'll get to that in the next match. I believe
0: they're Pastamaniacs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pastamaniacs. Uh Sting um but before Hulk shows up, he's essentially their Hulk, right? Like he's you know, yeah. Bryker, he's like kind of ultimate warrior, like he came up with ultimate warrior and they kind of came up with that sort of gimmick together sort of. Um so it is interesting to see both of them on the same show here kind of doing the same thing. He's got, you can see that Sting sort of borrowed bits and pieces from all of the greats. You know, Ooh. he's got the he has got the sort of woof call. I think that's what that is, the slightly different to the Ric Flair's woo. Is there a name for that? He's I, like... I don't know. But he's obviously nicked that from Ric Flair, and then like he's kind of got the the demeanor of Hulk Hogan, where he's got his little stingers and all that kind of stuff. And mm. um, but then the face paint is reminiscent of Ultimate Warrior, even though they came up with it together. So it's inter- he's in an interesting stage. Although he'd been that way for ages, right? Like when did he start in WCW? Like late eighties, early nineties?
0: Yeah, I think late eighties, um, and this basically. Was his, you know, he'd he'd been a main eventer straight away almost, and hmm. he basically wrestled Rick, Ric Flair every single day for six and a half years.
1: <laughs> that's um, not that's not actually a joke. That's pretty much spot on.
0: Um,
1: and so like, like,
0: I, I, like, it's it's not to, it's not fair to say I don't because like there are things that, there are. When Lex Luger appears during this match, I can tell you I don't like Lex Luger. Um, And it's just this version of Sting, and I think it might be tainted by the fact that it's not 1995, and I know how good Sting is going to become.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. I came to WCW because Hulk Hogan and Macho Man went to WCW. I was that. I was one of those fans that Eric Bischoff pinned, you know, what I mean? <laughs> was like, if we get these guys, these fans will come. I was one of those fans and I came straight across and then slowly sort of started to work out who the WCW guys were that I liked and mm. you know. Um, but I was a hundred percent there for the mega powers, man. They were Yeah. You know, it's it's embarrassing to sort of say that now because of everything that's happened with Hulk Hogan, but he was my, you know. The mm. reason why I loved watching wrestling was because of the Hulk and Macho Man growing up. Yeah, um, and then slowly, you know, your tastes change and you get into your Bret Hart's and Shawn Michaels and stuff like that. But um, you know, at the age of I'm fourteen here, so I'm still like, cool. Well, you've got Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, so you've got my money. Yeah, and also the the cable provider my dad had um, had WCW on it. So <laughs> well, that happens. remember Optus Vision. Oh, my God, I do now. This is- <laughs> yeah, my dad was one of the few people that had Optus vision. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, my mum and dad had split, and so I'd go to dad's for, you know, sort of 50% of my time. You'd and fly fly um, set to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fly set to get there, wearing my Fitzroy Football Club jumper. <laughs> and um, this is all pretty much spot on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, yeah, WCW was on there and I just discovered it and I was like, holy shit, this is where Hulk is now. And so, yeah, I was hooked, like, and I basically started watching from episode one, so. Um, and that's the yes, Sorry, man, you go.
0: When you were talking about, like, a lot going on, there is, like, Arn Anderson, We d- like, there's Lex Luger's rocked up. It's uh, yeah, every, no one seems to know who likes who. Everyone seems to have a problem with everyone that has obviously existed from, you know, WCW Saturday night. But, like, because we're starting here and we didn't, you know, start by watching Saturday nights, at least I didn't. Yeah. Um, no. It's just like, oh, we're in, the, we're in the, the middle. This isn't like a, you know, complete reset. <laughs> like, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. There's a pay-per-view in two weeks.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. There's, so, after the... Well, yeah. So, the match is just about to get started between Ric Flair and, and Sting. Lex Luger appears, the commentators go mental, um, and it is a big moment. It's a moment that's still remembered now, Um, you know, sort of outside of, like, the outsiders showing up. It's one of the bigger coups, you know. I mean, Um, and Lex Luger
0: really, um, actually, in his, his whole career, he is a fantastic example of the fact that overly muscular people look weird wearing anything but their underpants and boots, like even as ridiculous as the fashion is, all he's wearing is a button-up shirt, and it's just like the the dimensions of that shirt have to be so enormous that it just he looks ludicrous wearing a shirt.
1: Yeah, no, no clothes look good on wrestlers. I think maybe these days because the guys are and and girls uh, are a bit more sort of um, crossfit oriented. Like people aren't just pumping PEDs into their eyeballs, you know. So you don't have that weird block bodies, you know? Yes, like Luger has at this at this stage. Well, he's built
0: like a try an upside down triangle.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like It's ludicrous. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he he comes out. Um, Sting is very confused by this. Ric Flair doesn't seem to give a shit, which is you actually know, my reaction as well. <laughs> I was
0: like, "Hey, Ric Flair's wrestling. Let's watch
1: that." Well, yeah, but Rick sort of looks over and goes, "Oh, it's Lex Luger," and then looks at Sting like, "Come on," and Sting's like, "Oh, hang on, it. Hang on a second. This guy was WWF champion like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here?" Uh, and Rick just doesn't doesn't care. Just doesn't care at all. And then the other thing that I found strange about that. Is that Lex Luger just wanders off again?
0: It it is like he he came to have a look at the entrances and he was like, interesting. And then when they started wrestling, <laughs> which actually would not surprise me if when they started wrestling, uh, Lex Luger was like, I have no interest in this. Yeah, that's then what walked, it
1: feels like.
0: Why isn't he body slamming someone fat on a on a on a boat? <laughs> this is rubbish. <laughs>
1: Uh, um, This match, again, why can't I speak properly? I'm like uh, Michael Palin from A Fish Called Wanda. Um, (laughs) This match was really good. Um, You've got, I mean, it goes for, what, six, seven minutes?
0: You've got Ric Flair in 1995. I think that's, like, really all you need to say. We'll, We'll let you know as this podcast goes on if there's a bad Ric Flair match.
1: Yeah. I'm sure it comes up eventually. But I mean I mean, I mean Rick was still doing good matches in the noughties of WWE, so
0: it's WCW, so hundred percent they will find a way to do a bad Ric Flair match. But it's not yeah. happening yet.
1: No, no. We're we're still this is the we've got a good two to three years of um gee, that's a long time to do a podcast. We've got a good two to three years of um Upward trajectory. Oh no, no,
0: no, 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 no! no, no. We this is September 1995. By December 1996, the main event of a pay per view is Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper.
1: Yeah,
0: what's (laughs) what's wrong with that? Roddy Piper had (laughs) just had a hip replacement. (laughs)
1: That's fine.
0: Um, Oh, I'm going to come back to that uh, in a in. 14 months or whatever it is, yeah, and see I'm how sure fine I'll, you think it is.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I'll have a different opinion. Uh, so Rick's doing a whole bunch of heelish kind of stuff here. Keeps rolling out of the ring. Sting wants to, you know, actually wrestle because that's what faces do. Uh, and then about two thirds of the way through the match, or well, actually pretty much right towards the end of the match, Arn Anderson appears. <laughs>
0: uh, Very Arne, colorful again. again.
1: Yeah, again, unannounced. Uh, he looks angry, but the commentators sort of say, "Well, who is you know who is he angry with?" Um, and then Bobby the Brain Heenan says that he spoke to to and Rick and, and, Rick and Arn, and they're they're good now. They're friends. Um, so you kind of like, oh, okay. So I mean, obviously, there's history there between Arn and Rick with the the Horsemen. Mm. Um and then arn gets in the ring and the referee immediately ends the match via disqualification <laughs> and gives sting the win which uh, that really took me out of you know like I haven't seen that happen in wrestling for so long like that's just And that's because it's, it's stupid anymore.
0: Yeah it was a bad ending um to a pretty you good match
1: that? I actually what? I actually feel like it's a good ending to the match because the ref knows that Arn and Rick are like besties. Mm. Right. And if Arn's getting in the ring to the ref, most likely he's you know, he's not come he's not coming in just to help the ref do his job. He's going to like go for sting. You can't so minority
0: do- report pre-crime. You can obviously, but you may
1: not, in my opinion. so what both so both guys should have been disqualified if someone else gets in the ring?
0: No, and Anderson should have punched someone and then we should have disqualified uh, whoever he didn't punch. That's always my view.
1: yeah, no, that's probably fair enough. I, I didn't hate I didn't hate it though, but I was confused, like I did to be fair. <laughs> I've just completely unraveled my own argument. I had no idea. I I didn't know who had won because the commentators didn't say. On the subject of not
0: knowing uh who some like who had won and stuff, the next little bit with Macho Man and Scott Norton, I did not know who Scott Norton was.
1: <laughs> no. No, I remembered him like as soon as I saw his face, I was like, he is in the NWO. I yeah. remember him from the NWO later. But I couldn't remember, for the life of me I could not remember his name until they mentioned it about ten minutes later.
0: Well, that's a, I was like he sort of looks like Big Bubba Rogers, but clearly is not Big Bubba Rogers.
1: Yeah, well he just he just looks like insert wrestler here. Yeah. You know? uh, just to quickly go back just for one second, uh, so Sting won that match via dis- disqualification, and then. Rick and Arne basically punch each other off screen. (laughs) They're just trading blows until they sort of disappear. Probably heading off to Pastomania, I imagine. Yes,
0: well, obviously they're Pastomaniacs.
1: Yeah, then Scott Norton came out and he was, I assume he was raging at Eric Bischoff because Eric is essentially in charge at this point, like in kayfabe and... In real life? Yep. So, I think. It, yeah. Is he? Like, they haven't really mentioned that.
0: but They it, sort of alluded to it a few times. Right. Like, I don't think they've gone all in, but they've definitely alluded to the fact that he signs the checks. I think Bobby the Brain said something as well.
1: Yeah, he does mention something about, like, you sign the checks or hmm. something on those lines. Um, so, Scott Norton's come out, and he's decided the best way to approach his boss about not being happy with where he's at, um, which is how you do it in wrestling, is to come out while he's commentating <laughs> uh, the first episode of their new flagship show and say, I want a match. you know, Get me in the title picture. And then Macho Man decides that he's going to come in and do the talking for Eric Bischoff and say, you want a match, big man? How about a match with the Macho Man? Is that good enough for you? Uh, and then Scott Norton goes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is good enough <laughs> for me. <laughs> P- pretty good. I'm, I'm looking forward to this match.
0: I think it'll be really good. I'm like, I'm a, a, a like, I'm excited to see Macho Man wrestle.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going. For one second, I thought you were going to say Scott Norton. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, he's just his character just
0: engaged me, and I'm like, well, let's see what this uh, fresh young face can do. <laughs>
1: Um, I, I admired his, um, his pluckiness, his, uh, get up and go, um, and he's been rewarded. So then that was kind of, you know, they almost had a came to blows, but not really. And then it was mentioned later on in the match that the main event next week was going to be Scott Norton versus the macho man,
0: which I imagine um, it's not going to be due to what happens at the end of the show.
1: Well, yeah. So then, uh, the next match is well,
0: wait, just just before we get to the the match after that Macho Man uh, thing, there was a Sabu promo. Oh, yeah. That was like it smells yeah. smells like Teen Spirit sound alike. Uh, it was yeah. really cool. Like I was like I watched it and I'm like, this is cool. This makes me like really want to see Sabu in WCW. I didn't remember yeah. that he was in it. I, I, I absolutely didn't remember that Cebu was in WCW in 1995.
1: No. And I, again, I think it's going to be one of those things of like, oh, there's, you know, oh, maybe not Triple H at this stage, but, you mm. know, wrestlers like that, that, that sort of come back and forth, Mick Foley, you know, those kind of guys, mm. We you like, were they in... You know, <laughs> when they in WCW, I remember that the anymore.
0: Nitro era of WCW. Like this is before, like, and they make out that he's a big deal. Um,
1: this was really yeah.
0: surprising. Like, I imagine there's some behind the scenes story of how this didn't, why this didn't work out. But uh, it's, I'm, I'm fascinated to see however long Sabu lasts, Sabu lasts in WCW, and what they do with him, and what happens.
1: Yeah, I don't know whether that. That um, I assume he had done some wrestling for WCW because that footage couldn't be from ECW, right? No, they would. No, I don't think so. Um, and I noticed that uh, the very last thing that you see in that promo is uh, Sabu trying to put his opponent through a table, and the table doesn't break.
0: Which, let's be honest, is pretty much like an, a visual metaphor for Sabu's career. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just thought uh, you know, I was like, no, oh, that that's weird, and that that got past the editor. So yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> you know, like, we're trying to build this guy up, right? Like maybe we shouldn't have a botch spot in his in his vignette for him showing up. It's fine; these dickheads will watch anything. Um, so. <laughs> uh, Next up, we had Hulk Hogan, who is the current uh, heavyweight champion, the owner of Big Gold, and uh, he is coming up against Big Bubba Rogers, otherwise known as the Big Boss Man. Uh, for anyone who hasn't watched any WCW, um, this.
0: Sorry Why is Big Bra- Big Bubba wearing a suit? That's not a. I I don't think I'd ever seen him wear a full like tie. Uh, brace's suit Was this his character? Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't remember Or did he just don't not have his gear? That's what it looked like, right? It looked like he had just sort of been pulled in on At the last second Like, you know uh, Macho Man can't wrestle So mm. You're in, Bubba <laughs> I love Bubba as well You don't meet any Bubbers in Australia, do you? I No, you do not meet any Bubba's
0: in Australia. There are no Bubba's in Australia.
1: Yeah, it it is purely an American nut. No, you wouldn't meet a Bubba anywhere other than, I'm assuming, the South.
0: Yep. You, <laughs> you, you're going to like Texarkana. That's where you're meeting a Bubba.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, This match, to, like seeing these two guys in the ring instantly made me feel like I was 10 years old.
0: The uh, headlock that Big Bubba puts on, and like we're not a we're not a go through the moves kind of podcast, obviously, but the headlock mm-hmm. that Big Bubba puts on, and the at camera angle where Hulk Hogan's just literally having a casual conversation with the referee while Big Bubba <laughs> sort of picture frames his head. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a worse wrestling move than that.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of rest holds. Mm. Um, there are no high spots in this match. Uh, you know, it is old school '80s <laughs> wrestling, um, and these guys are going. You know, let's say there's ten gears. They are they don't get out of first. Um, oh, absolutely <laughs> not. And like the crowd though, are like
0: I was. I They're was surprised. It. Well, because like my memory of like by the time you know this sort of was rolling around, it was like Hulk Hogan is boring now. and mm. uh, the crowd did not agree with that they were they were pasta yeah,
1: they're huge pasta maniacs. and I don't know whether uh, you know pastamania paraphernalia is um, you know being was handed out, but there's a lot of yellow and red in the crowd, like a lot a lot yeah. It's like uh, almost almost everyone, anyone who has any wrestling wrestling paraphernalia, has yellow and red <laughs> wrestling paraphernalia. there's no, you don't see any Macho Man, no Stinger stuff, no mm. Ric Flair, nothing. It's all Hulk Hogan.
0: It's whether they they were only selling Hulk Hogan stuff or they were giving out Hulk Hogan stuff. They're the only yeah. options.
1: Yeah. I, well, I wonder if there was a little merch stall at Pastamania as well.
0: Well, you'd hope so, because I mean, you're surely not going there for the uh, pasta nuggets.
1: Oh, I forgot to mention before we before we uh, sort of get towards the end of this Hulk Hogan, Bubba Ray, uh, Bubba Ray, uh, Bubba Rogers match, uh, the introduction of Mike Wall Street, uh, who this, was was uh, IRS man. in uh, WWF, <laughs> and
0: sort of. That gives a weird insider promo that's not, you know, particularly impressive. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but of the things I'm excited for, and the, even the bad things I'm excited for, um, Wall Street is not one of them.
1: No, uh, he the the least amount of effort has been put into his um, gimmick. He just has like a little embroidered gold dollar on his suit jacket you know just no effort whatsoever which is not
0: uh-huh. what a like what they're trying to get across is is wealth wealthy people rarely do have embroidered dollar symbols on their clothes
1: yeah exactly don- he <laughs> it's exactly right um although it is a little bit you know it's a little bit hip-hop you know maybe maybe it was just before he's before his time, he's just flaunting how much bling he's got. But anyway, I don't think we, from what I remember, I don't think we'll be talking about Wall Street much. No. No. This is, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, well, yeah, I, I didn't remember any of this, so I could be completely wrong. Um, yeah, so, look, the the <laughs> the match ends with Hulk Hogan uh, defeating Big Bubba Rogers. Uh, and then Lex Luger comes Well, back then out. The, the Dungeon of Doom come out first. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I, did, I forgot about your boys. The Dungeon <laughs> of Doom come out for the quickest run-in and run-out I've ever seen in wrestling ever. Well, they're about to spend a year
0: essentially being the heel factory that Hulk Hogan can't defeat and that they're... And basically, like, by the time Lex Luger comes out to help Hulk Hogan... Hulk Hogan has already dispatched the whole Dungeon of Doom by himself. Yeah. It was like they could not look more like sort of like short, weird, pathetic guys than Hulk Hogan made them look.
1: Oh, 100%. And the. Uh, was it more imagination or did I see uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake dressed up as some sort of ghoul?
0: Uh, I kid? believe his name is Zodiac at this time. Right, so it
1: is him, though. As Zodiac,
0: we're we're gonna we might not be mentioning uh, Wall Street too much. We are going to be tracking some uh, very different gimmicks uh, over the next. (laughs) I think there's there's at least four that I can think of off the top of my head uh, in the next two years.
1: Excellent. Look, I don't know how you felt about Brutus the Barber Beefcake, but he was one of those guys that I have a huge fondness for growing up watching rock and roll wrestling. I know I know his gimmick is dumb. I know he's not a great wrestler, but I loved it. I, lo- I loved him and loved that. Yeah, I guess
0: the, the difference between you and I is that I don't like garbage wrestling, um, and you clearly do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose you weren't, like, you're younger than me, so you wouldn't have actually watched that when it was happening, right?
0: No, this is literally my Brutus the Barber Beefcake.
1: Right. Um okay
0: yeah. So uh yeah, no, I did not like him. I did not like him as the booty man. I did not like him as the disciple. <laughs> I did not like him as brother brooty. Anyway, we'll, we'll get
1: there. Uh the I disciple wanna... I remember and that is that is some quality television. <laughs> uh yeah, so uh yeah, Dungeon and Doom come down, they halt. They they hate pasta. They 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 can't stand it. Um
0: they're um they're they're sort of like I don't know I was trying to think of an, like what the alternative past of them like they're rice fans,
1: rice yeah they don't even like beef goulash they don't there's nothing <laughs> on the menu that, that appeals to them, uh, so they come down to you know complain to the manager they're a, they're a group of Karens essentially the <laughs> don't. and um, and uh, you're right Lex Luger comes down to help out but by the time he gets to the ring Hulk's pretty much already worked it out for himself. Um, yeah, he
0: was, he, it turns out he is absolutely fine against Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Kevin Sullivan, <laughs> and Kamala. Um,
1: Kamala, yeah. And uh, they do the classic sort of, uh, you know, 80s, 90s um, tango and cash trope of, um, you know, they're squaring up and then they bump into each other's backs and they turn around and they almost hit each other. <laughs> um, you know, because they're just so on edge, you know. Um, and then some weird promos happen. Um, uh, so, so I've um, I've written down
0: something that Lex Luger says. He might have. Uh, <laughs> so, Lex Luger said that he's here to get it on with the big boys after spending too much time playing around <laughs> with kids. Yes, I feel that he could have phrased that a little bit better because all I thought was that Lex Luger is a pedophile, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would, and that with that mullet um, Yeah. And, like, while it's good and well that he's there to get it on with the big boys, it is concerning that he directly references his time playing around with
1: children. <laughs> uh, this is all sort of veiled at WWF uh, because the Hulkster, you know, gets on the mic and he's like... Uh, I've also come from where (laughs) you have come from and brother. And uh, I know I've been watching you, man. Like it's weird. It's weird. Like it's beautiful off the cuff promo work. It's pre-script, you know? And so you're going to get for every, you know, cream rises to the top. Macho man promo. You're going to get 300 of these. And (laughs) <laughs> and uh I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh they got I their point across.
0: I'm very excited to see some of the like crazy that we're gonna get in the next year.
1: Yeah, well the Hulk's basically saying, uh, you know, I know who you are. I I watched you, you know, I know I know what's going on. Um and then I'm struggling to remember what the resolution was there. That They're going to have, the main going match. To have so Hulk a match. Hogan, Hulk Hogan yeah.
0: said, you don't have to wait till next week. You don't have to wait till next month because next week I'll fight you uh, for the title here on Nitro. And I was like, I rewound that because I'm like, hold on. He didn't just say. And I'm like, yeah, he did. He did. Of course he did. Um, he gets so <laughs> It's like he gets so excited with himself that he can't stop
1: himself. And it's great. <laughs> it is great. Uh, so that's so immediately um, the Macho Man's been bumped. Uh, you know, the big main event that we were looking forward to uh, between Macho Man and Remind Me of the Man that we were talking about before that I've already forgotten his name. Scott Norton. Scott Norton, the most memorable man in wrestling. <laughs> their, <laughs> their main event has already been bumped. Ten minutes after it was decided that they were the main events, <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, but that's that's a couple of matches to look forward to, right? Well, this is we've got Sabu's going
0: to be there. Apparently, they've said he's hmm. going to be there. Um, yeah, I have like a, it. I I don't have the slightest clue, and I, I have no reason to think this. But I just like it, it just because it's WCW. It would not surprise me if Sabu wasn't there and never showed up. Because um, <laughs> he never gets the hero his yeah.
1: name ever again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so, so there's potential that we have the big debut of Sabu. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also Hulk, uh, Hulk Hogan versus Lex Luger and Macho Man versus uh, Scott Norton. Uh, I am not excited for the in-ring component of Hulk Hogan versus Lex Luger, but I am excited for whatever shenanigans are going to come around it.
1: Uh yeah no i mean <laughs> if the promo this week was anything to go by uh i can't wait to see these guys trading trading blows on the mic uh moving forward and
0: uh, uh, i don't think we've heard the last from our friend the taskmaster kevin sullivan either <laughs>
1: Well, that's something to look forward to and i'm I'm also looking forward to seeing whether uh jimmy Hart uh you know coordinates his uh wardrobe the way that he did by being at the uh you know the the mall of America uh this week. I don't know if you noticed his <laughs> star spangled pants that he had on they were good. I mean, I'm wearing a white with Hulkamania on the side. Yeah. He had a star-spangled jacket, uh, a star-spangled tie, and just a red shirt. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. If I was uh, working for some sort of American government- organisation, I'd be looking into that because uh, where's the star-spangled shirt? He's not showing enough patriotism for my liking.
0: That, uh, and I think that that might be the perfect way to end our restaurant review and
1: professional wrestling show. <laughs> Brilliant. If you enjoy, <laughs> I've actually got this on in the background, and uh, Hulk just slapped his ass at uh, Big Bubba Ray, uh, which was something that I didn't take note of, but should have. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed this, enjoyed this uh, trip down memory lane, Matt and I. Are so excited to do this. (laughs) So, um, tell your friends about it. Get it out there. Get people listening to it. Um, You know, not that I'm like a huge proponent of giving Vince more money than he already has, but if you want to get the network and and watch along with us, um, you could do that as well. Um, We're hoping the episodes will be around 45 minutes or so, so you can you could almost watch along with us if you wanted to. yeah rate and review let people know about it let us know what you think and uh we'll be back next week for episode two of nitro see you then